0: Hi, this is Mario Undred. Mark, Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to and you're listening
1: to
2: you're listening to the
1: everything F1. Everything
2: F1. Everything F1.
1: Everything F1 podcast. Driven,
2: driven, driven, driven by fans. For fans.
0: Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we've got Manon and Maya. Hi, Manon and Maya. How are you?
3: Hi, hey, James. How are you?
0: I'm very good. Thank you very much. And how are you two?
3: We are very well. Yes, we're good.
0: Yeah. Have, you, have you done anything exciting over the past couple of weeks? So obviously, you've got your own... You've changed the name of it actually now, haven't you? You have changed. We have yeah. changed name. We
4: had to because uh, we were called Unbiased and people didn't couldn't really really get that that was sarcastic and they just kept bullying us, so, so we had to change it.
0: So where where can we find you now?
4: Now we are Mania,
3: which is a mix of our name, cute on board.
0: I like on-board. watching on boards. Okay, brilliant. So if you if you want to go and check out. Manon and Maya together on their own Instagram. They're on Mania on board, and TikTok. Uh, on, Inst- on Instagram Sorry. and TikTok. Yeah, they post loads of funny videos or and interesting educational videos from Maya as well with a you know a facts and a and a whiteboard <laughs> Not and <from> stuff. Manon. <laughs> Manon's more Manon's more the video editor, isn't she? So she she puts it all together for you.
3: I just pretend I'm an F1 car.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's lots of fun content anyway, so head over to theirs while they're there. We've also got a brand spanking newbie. It's Shanna. Hi, Shanna. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you.
0: Give us a bit more information about you. Who are you? What have you been up to? And where'd you come from? And all that sort of thing
1: so i am actually from sydney australia somewhere australian but i'm in the uk right now so getting adjusted to the weather here which has been really nice and then all of a sudden it's really cold so but as you can tell i'm definitely aussie here because i'm wearing the jumper and everyone else is in t- 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 yeah i've got my
0: shorts and my thongs on and thongs in the in the uk folks means flip-flops in in, in england it's thongs Honestly, in, in it's australia i was i was, was channeling my inner australian then sorry
1: Perfect, but I also make some content on motorsport content, so primarily on TikTok or my channel, and yeah, so just been involved with TikTok, not TikTok motorsport for a long time. Let's put it that way.
0: Fantastic. Who do you support, or who do you kind of lean towards? I know you probably want to remain as unbiased as possible, but
1: well, I think I can be pretty unbiased because the team I go for is Williams, so we're not really involved in too much. No, that's and fantastic. Teams. And then drivers, it was Sebastian Vettel, so that was that was hard to go, but Oscar Piastri now.
0: Fantastic. Yeah homeboy homeboy hero
1: yeah
0: and he's done okay at varying points this year you're happy with with his performance so far
1: I'm happy with how he's going for being a rookie and with that car I think he's actually he's pulled it back up he's not too far off so I'm happy with it
0: good good we've also got Oscar
2: hi Oscar how are you hi James yeah very well thank you very happy to be here once again on the EF1 podcast
0: and you're coming to us live from a premier in somewhere in the country yeah
2: that's correct yeah another busy week Amsterdam last week for a house festival house music festival that is so had a lot of fun there and uh, yeah now I'm comparing that with the even more glamorous G- Gillingham here in the county of Kent in the UK so yeah big contrast but enjoying it a lot
0: good good I won't say what my thoughts are on Gillingham and the town because it probably would have to be bleeped anyway we are Everything F1. You can find us on all our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and of course, TikTok at the handle at JoinEF1. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com where we post news articles on a daily basis, keeping you up to date with all that's happening down the paddock. We would also love it if you'd hit the subscribe button on your favourite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. We're also sponsored by a fantastic website called theraceworks.com. Head over there, and if you want to get yourself some merchandise from teams from all down the grid, you can get yourself a discount using the discount code EF1 at checkout. There's a 10% discount on all their items across the whole website. We are currently going to be previewing the Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring. We had our first Grand Prix there in 1970. We've had a few years off in, the, in that period of time. The circuit length is 4.318 kilometers with 71 laps, meaning the total race distance will be 306.452 kilometers. The current lap record is held by Carlos Sainz, who did it in a one minute and five seconds, 0.619. Whew, I think we may see that be beaten i don't know this year you might might be beaten let's let's find out what our team think okay so the austrian grand prix we will got to Manon and maya first is it a favorite of yours do you like the track where do you hold this in terms of your enjoyment of the races i
4: think it's fun i think we're probably biased <laughs> but we like it
3: it's a home race baby <laughs> no i think it's a it's a nice one i like the the different in the difference in elevation it's quite yeah. interesting because it goes yeah. up and down i like that it feels like a bit I don't know, like last year, they really struggled with the truck limits and it was all of them. So it makes it a bit like exciting because they can't just be fast. They also have to be careful. So it made it exciting last year. And obviously, I'm just super excited about the sprint weekend because unpopular opinion. I really like them.
0: Yeah, it, it's a sprint weekend. I didn't mention that in the start. Actually, that's a good good point to bring it up. So we've got obviously the new format for this year, where you have got a Friday free practice one, and then you've got qualifying for the Sunday race in the afternoon, and then Saturday is its standalone event, where you've got a, another qualifying session, but the slightly adjusted rules, and then of course the sprint. Are we allowed to call it a sprint race now? Now it's a different. Now it's its own event. I can't. I can't remember. I can never keep up. I
4: have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. The I sprint. Think that the short qualifying is going to be interesting. Mm. Especially because they, if they mess up their laps with track limits, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bit of a mess. Yeah,
0: Hopefully. there were a lot, lots of track limits violations last year. So yeah. there's all, all 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 intentions will probably go in similar direction for this year. Shannon, how about you? What's what are your thoughts on the, the Austrian Grand Prix? Are you a fan?
1: It's kind of just one of the tracks for me that are just there. I don't I don't dislike it. I'm excited to see it. It's had a couple of good results in the past where it's shaken things up a little bit. Mm. Um, it's always the atmosphere that actually looks amazing which kind of makes me want to go and actually one of those tracks i want to be there in person for but i'm looking forward to this weekend because again i actually i i enjoy the sprint weekend format too i really enjoy the fact that we get two qualifying sessions because i love quality so i'm looking forward to it that's gonna be the best part
0: the only thing i say about the qualifying format obviously you, you said you said it there but we get two in the in the weekend but they've i don't know whether because you have a qualifying on Friday night and then used to have on Saturday morning another qualifying session it's like a bit it felt a bit like a repeat of that just of what happened the day before that didn't seem very It kind of knew what was going to happen in my mind obviously that was the, we've only had the one in Baku this year so hopefully maybe they'll change it up a bit. I think maybe um, I'm just
1: too tense when it comes into these because I go into each of the qualifying sessions thinking anything can happen. It doesn't matter if Max always gets first. I'm like, I worry about the rest. So it doesn't matter who it is. I'm like, something can happen. So I, mm. I kind of think even though the two sessions, even if the first one ends up being predictable, I'm I'm there hoping that the second one can be just as unpredictable.
0: Yeah, and obviously they're they're limited to what tyres they can use in each of the quali sessions the second time around. So that can hopefully mix it up a little bit too. We'll go to Oscar as well. Oscar, what are your thoughts on the Austrian Grand Prix?
2: Yeah, yeah, love it to be fair, James. Yeah, really great circuit, you know, high speed. There aren't really many corners, of course, for overtaking. So I think, you know, it's it's quite reliant on the DRS, but that's no problem. A lot of tracks are in, in Formula One these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's the start of a great series of European races. You know, we've got Austria, Britain, Hungary, Belgium coming up. All fantastic races, part of the European heartland. And uh, we'll have a real pedigree in terms of the historic F1 world. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good race.
0: Good, good. Well, let's talk about people and drivers and teams. And you can't go far into a preview without talking about Red Bull, really, and Max Verstappen. It's obviously their home race. They're going to want to, you know, make up for last year and the fact that they lost out to Charles Leclerc in the ferrari can you see anyone other than red bull dominating this weekend Manon and maya i know you probably won't want to but okay is it possible
4: we do want
3: (laughs) competition yeah we want to see max you know have to work for it dominating absolutely not do i think fernando or the mercedes can take the fight to him Absolutely. Like the the Mercedes have been going sort of like up lately. So I really hope to see them like continue and maybe, you know, get quicker and get closer to Max. That would be really exciting. I hope Checo can sort of like get back into form, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting with the sprint, like they get an additional like chance to, to dominate a quality or I don't like the word dominate against Max because he's the only one who has dominated like i don't think anyone would come out of nowhere and just kill it but yeah i i'm kind of expecting mercedes to keep going and you know like yeah take the take the fight to him i'm hoping within
0: touching distance you hope
3: yeah just you know for him to have to actually look over his shoulder for once or in his mirror just you know to be i want max to be a bit worried because you know even for him i'm sure he's getting a bit Yeah. complacent. I think
0: it's nice. Everyone gets bored at the front, don't they? Just, you know.
4: Oh, I don't know if he does. Yeah, he is clearly (laughs) bored, actually. He keeps saying stupid stuff on his radio.
0: Yeah, Um, like when he nearly knocked himself out by going over the curbs in Canada.
4: Yeah, he's clearly bored. I think it's nice that the Mercedes have kind of, like, got over their pride and put side pods on their car and now it's working. I I think now that they've got over that...
0: Everyone's going, told you so.
4: Yeah, it's just... (laughs) So I think it's it's nice that we've seen progress and hopefully that will keep increasing. I think Mercedes will want to be at a good level by Silverstone. Because, Absolutely,
0: they will. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read a, an article or there was a, an interview, sorry, from Toto Wolff and the interviewer asked him, if you were going to win any race this year, which race would it, would it be that you would win? And without hesitation, without stuttering, without even thinking, Toto just went silverstone and that's it so that's clearly their target wow. as a as a home race for their drivers and and technically the team obviously it's a german team but it's a, a british based team but we'll see we'll see Shannon, your thoughts on red bull and you think we're going to have kind of max run away with it and just put, put his stamp on the red bull ring this weekend
1: Yeah, i think i'm a bit of a pessimist here and i think yeah red bull <laughs> and max has got it and i don't i don't think there's going to be too much of a challenge i mean i i do think that the gap is going to close and has been closing I it took a note of it once that he won by 26 seconds but then the next week it was 23 and i'm like it's a big number but it's getting slower and i think it was 13 (laughs) or something the other week so Mm. as long as the gap is getting smaller each time it's it's great i think mercedes hopefully however i don't know if it was kind of a a one-off that was really good but Aston Martin looked like they could be on the charge too which is good but yeah I still think Max has got it the only thing we can say is maybe something happens in the sprint race and that shakes things up but yeah I'm gonna go with Max has got it all the way
0: it's interesting you say Aston Martin again and I of read another article in fact I wrote an article based upon the article that I read saying that Aston Martin are closer than everyone thinks and the 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 data that they're collecting from the wind tunnel, well, not wind tunnel, but the computers and the simulators shows that they've got a lot more in the bank ready to kind of get closer to the Red Bull. So let's hope, I mean, I I don't mind at this point. I mean, I'm wearing my Aston Martin shirt. Obviously I've got a Mercedes shirt. I've I've got plenty of McLaren shirts, but just anyone to be competitive, just to make it more interesting for the front row. But We've been having fantastic races even further down the grid, so it's not always about the first place. But let's hope at least one of team could make it a bit more difficult for for the Red Bull team. But yeah, thank you for your input there, Shanna. Oscar, what do you reckon? Is it going to be a Red Bull win?
2: I mean, it's hard to see past it, James. I think uh, if we're being realistic, they have been the dominant force of the season. and. It is looking quite ominous. I think Max Verstappen's radio messages, you know, he's acting like he's on a Sunday stroll down the park rather than driving a Formula One car at the minute. So (laughs) worrying signs. And, you know, I've been seeing a few comments from Sergio Perez today coming out saying he knows he needs a good weekend. He's capable of a good weekend, but he needs to step up. I think it's time, you know, lagging behind massively now in the driver's championship. It's around around 70 points, I believe. And yeah, I think, I think there's some real calls now for Sergio in terms of looking at, is there a better alternative to replace him? Now that's a tricky one for Red Bull to decide, of course. You know, do you want to upset the apple cart when you're in such a dominant car? But with those questions hanging over his head, it's time for Checo to stand up and hopefully give us a bit of a race for the lead.
0: Yeah. And let's not talk about last year. Well, let's talk about last year, actually, really. Sergio Perez came together with George Russell on the opening lap, ended up in kind of a gravel and spinning off and getting to the back. Obviously, not not something that you'd want to do at a home race for Austria. That's got to be kind of weighing on his mind, you know, and and the previous couple of races where he just hasn't performed anywhere near the, as well as his teammate.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think a home race is where is where you want to do it. And I'm sure that Dr. Marco will be will be looking closely. And if Sergio does have another incident, he's not going to mince his words, as we've seen already this season.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm not sure they'll get rid of him because I don't know who else is there to replace him. Although I know there'll be a couple of people on this podcast screaming at one person's name. Is that Daniel Ricciardo by any chance, Manon and Maya? Do you think he would be better placed in that team than Sergio Perez? Uh,
4: actually, we, I, I personally don't want him taking over anything mid-season. I think that's way too much pressure. Like, he genuinely like if you like okay he's fine now right but if you look at him at the end of last season like he genuinely needs a year off and putting him in a seat now would just be like if he flops one race that's it way too much pressure and I think dropping somebody mid-season is when they're winning the championship it's just it would be a bit crazy personally I'm I I don't know if you're talking about mid-season or at
3: the end of the season I'm just really against changing drivers mid-season. No matter the team, I know there's been rumors about dropping Logan at Williams. There's been rumor about Nick. I'm like, these guys are rookies. Mm. Give them a year. And even if you're not a rookie, you've signed a contract. I know contract can be broken, but can we just respect the full year? You don't like. I don't see how a driver that hasn't touched a car all year can do better than the one who has had that sort of practice. Mm. So I'm strongly against mid-season swap. And I don't even know if they're a thing because there hasn't been one since 2019, right? Yeah, the the only team that does that is Red Bull. Yeah, it's in a Red Bull. So what? Are they going to replace Checo with Yuki? No. no. Why why would they do that? And I think... And also, that's the thing with Red Bull, right? We're, like, really quick to criticise Checo because Max is so high up. But, okay, Checo has had really bad qualifying and in Monaco, it was a death sentence. But... Ultimately, he got P6 in Canada, which is not terrible. We're mm. talking about dropping a driver mid-season because he, he scores P6. Mm. When, when we're talking Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, between mm. him and the top, we we have to be realistic and not be too too harsh on Checo. I think he's going to have to hold on to that P2 in the championship, for sure, mm-hmm. by the end of the season. That's going to be like really important, and especially... The thing with Aston Martin catching up on Red Bull is that Lance is a bit behind. So I don't think Aston Martin as a constructor are really going to be a threat. However, if Mercedes just show up with a side pod, crazy machine and both George and Lewis manage to be super consistent, then they can take the fight. I mean, I don't know how far in advance Red Bull is. Is it even realistic? But you know what I mean, right? Like Checo has to step up to keep hold of his P2 and keep all of the P1 constructor. And if he doesn't, then the conversation can happen. But this is November. This, yeah. is, my, yeah. this is my incredibly unbiased,
1: Daniel, fan opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's crazy to drop Perez now because all they need is P1 and the constructors. And the, the realistic is you don't want to bring, well, Red Bull wouldn't want to bring another driver into Challenge Max anyway. They want someone who's going to be second. You don't want to deal with two teammates going for it. So if Perez can keep that first place and constructors—that that is all they want so I don't I don't see a reason for it
0: I did see a funny TikTok and obviously it's got to be taken with a, a huge grain of sand or salt or whatever it is you, you say without saying but if Max Verstappen wins the next couple of races he'll be far enough in the lead to have won the championship then he could go off ho- home and have a, a a year on the beach or the rest of the season on the beach and bring Daniel in and they could still have a first second and third in the championship
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean, wishful I'd thinking, but that.
0: it would never ever happen. Yeah, uh, No.
4: that would be so funny.
0: But it would, but it, like would it would, it would be Christian's hilarious. Dream project. Yeah, it, it would be, be like hilarious.
3: Yeah, I think Christian would make it happen just out of spite, yeah. being like, "We're the top three now." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but Perez isn't going to be top. I don't think he's going to be second this year, but that's 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 a, that's my hot take for the moment anyway. Let's talk about some other teams then. We'll talk about Aston Martin, the one that I'm wearing a shirt of today, because, you know, I'm really enjoying Fernando Alonso this year. I've never been his mass, a massive fan of Fernando Alonso. He's always just been a really, I've always really appreciated him being one of the best drivers on the grid. But this year, he's really kind of come into his character. And I think this is, I think Aston Martin is the team where drivers kind of, they, they come out of their shell and they become what, they always wanted to be I don't know and I really I'm really appreciating Fernando Alonso this year do you think he's gonna push Red Red Bull and Max Verstappen Shanna do you think I mean he's I'm also enjoying the kind of the the rivalry between Lewis Hamilton and and Alonso it's they're they're kind of giving each other subtle digs but kind of through gritted teeth and smiles which is which is nice to see in the in the interview pen sorry Shanna carry on
1: I'm going to say like I think there's more of a chance that Aston and Mercedes having their battle off than Fernando being able to take it to Red Bull would mm-hmm. love that. obviously I think Perez is definitely more likely maybe she can have a charge at that do I think he's going to be up there with Max no I don't think Aston can give him the car for that right now however with everything I've been seeing about Aston with their upgrades the way that their factory is getting built and just the teamwork in the team by the way just the whole Fernando basically being Lance's F1 dad. I don't know how to feel about that. But at the <laughs> same time, I was never a, a Fernando. Like, he wasn't one of my favorite drivers either. Mm. But now it's like, he's showing this whole different side and I don't know how to go about that. But yeah, so I think it's good. He's showing that he can still drive. He's anyone that said, oh, Fernando shouldn't be back. No, no, he can. I do think Aston would benefit from having Lance get up there, though. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe that might be holding back development too. Who knows? It'd be good to have two drivers that can, you know, help upgrade the car the mm. car what's happening there too but I would love for them him to be able to take it to Red Bull but I'm still a bit questionable I still think that he doesn't have the car for that
0: yeah you, I, I think you're probably right I, I, I'm probably leaning towards what you're saying there but it is interesting watching the, the battle between the two Mercedes powered cars of the Aston Martin and, and Lewis Hamilton and, and even George Russell as well competing kind of in a similar kind of area Oscar what, what do you reckon Aston Martin and maybe M- Mercedes out of the two who, who do you think would be more successful this weekend
2: well i think mercedes are certainly catching up aren't they and i think uh, mercedes's past success puts them in good stead to catch up you know they're there they know to be winners they've been there they've they've won the championships they've won the races of course fernando has that experience but others in the aston martin garage currently do not including Lawrence Stroll. no matter how much he bigs himself up. I saw quite a, a comment of him being him wanting to be hailed as a messiah or something earlier today, which I thought was, <laughs> he, was quite. Didn't interesting. he say
0: something along the lines of he, he should be knighted or something like that? I think that's, that's the safe. one. Yes. Yeah.
2: So so yeah. So he wants he wants the knighthood already. So we'll see about that, Lawrence. We'll see about that as the as the season progresses. So yeah, I think Mercedes are in pole position now for second place, um, both in the constructors, and I certainly think Hamilton based on his consistency, will finish ahead of Alonso and the drivers. Whether George Will is another matter. He hasn't quite hooked it up yet this season. Had a few issues in terms of the reliability of the car as well, which troubled him, even though he's still had a stellar season in terms of performances, especially in qualifying, where once again, he's made Lewis Hamilton look look pretty average, really, in the the qualifying battle. But yeah, in terms of what Aston Martin are doing, I can only hail them, really, as you know, in terms of the, the project and how they're doing so far. I saw today... Alpine boss Lauren Rossi coming out saying that Aston Martin's success this season has been a reality check. And I think that's quite interesting to look at how this may propel other midfield teams to maybe push a little bit higher and realise they can make the step. I know Aston Martin have had a lot of investments, but maybe, you know, this is the kick up the backside for a few of those other teams to start pushing as well, because it's been fantastic, of course, to see another team up there. You know, it's been a while since we've had a fourth team who's been able to fight for these podiums, you know, challenging the top three teams on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can only commend Aston Martin, but if I was to give you an answer now, I will say that Mercedes will finish ahead.
0: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And you've you've, you've probably summarised my thoughts on on that as well, actually, to be fair. Let's talk about Ferrari. Ferrari girls, Manon and Maya, they were the winners here last year with Charles Leclerc, but Carlos Sainz had one of his famous oh. Ferrari blow-ups and, and didn't finish the race. So kind of a yin and yang tell the two, two sides. What, what do you think of Ferrari this weekend in Austria?
4: Anything could happen. Yeah, they are <laughs> the
3: most unpredictable team right now. It's not even the car, it's not even the drivers. It's the race engineers at this point. It's the strategy. <laughs> and it's, it's until the end of the race, you just don't know. Yeah, in Canada, you didn't know if it was a good strategy or if it was a mistake. Like you, <laughs> you can't actually tell, and it's it's worrying.
0: It's they claimed like, it as variety. a good strategy, they didn't they? They like, did claim was it.
4: it. No one else did it. I mean, it was a good strategy, but it was luck. It was a gamble. <laughs> but I think I
3: want to believe that they can be really good mm. because you know, once again, Charles is an amazing qualifier, and he did amazing in the last sprint weekend so i don't know maybe he makes it his thing but so i think he can do very well in qualifying the sprint race as well yeah. I, want, I want to believe in him because there's no pit necessary so he could literally turn his radio off and just
2: you know, you know what <laughs> i mean cruise to
3: like, victory. no but but it's true right like yeah. in the past races the the strategy has really really been a make it or break it so the sprint doesn't really need a strategy so if they qualify well he could do something. Obviously, he could end up like Baku where he gets overtaken by the Red Bull. And, you know, but if he can get at least a podium, there, that would be yeah. really nice. So I'm going to like predict and pray for um, a Ferrari podium in the sprint. I will not manifest anything for the race yeah. because it will just hurt my feelings.
0: <laughs> but he isn't immune to mistakes himself. He's made some silly mistakes, yeah. you know, this season.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Shani, you're nodding, nodding your head there. Uh, what are your thoughts on Charles Leclerc?
1: It's just one where I know, like when he was in Sauber, he obviously had a couple of moments there where he had some accidents. But it's, you can say it, all rookies do when they're young, they when they first come in. But I've always said, when anyone has asked that, Charles, when he gets under pressure, he tends to make mistakes and he still does. And he's made a few. So, yes, Ferrari is the bigger problem, I would say. But Charles, sometimes when it's just like, okay, things are doing well, he he stuffs it off himself. So, fingers crossed, it's getting better. But just depends now that. He doesn't have the fastest car because there were a couple of moments where Ferrari was supposedly the fastest car. It didn't last too long, but he doesn't. He's have, he's having to fight for every single position he gets and that's when he gets worrying. So fingers crossed it works out. I think we should be able to get at least one Ferrari podium this weekend, whether that be in the sprint or the race. Last week, yeah, as you said, Canada, whether that was a fluke or it was actually just good strategy, it, hmm. take it as good strategy. Ferrari fans need something to look out for. So. <laughs> Let's go for at least one podium. I'm I'm thinking they should be able to get something in the race, but then again, anything can happen. So I'm going to go with they're going to have Canada. Luck is going to push onto this weekend. It's not going to be a terrible Ferrari weekend. I I, I, I want to go
0: with that. Okay, where's uh, I'm just trying to. I was just. If you if you saw me looking confused on the screen, it's because I was trying to work out my phone and, and and see where they were. So Leclerc is currently seventh in the championship standings, and Sainz is actually fifth. So he's performed better this year. So Signs, I think, is probably the more consistently better this year in terms of just the consistency and not not making the same mistakes. Oscar, do you think do you think that Ferrari will favour him? At, at some point this year? Or do you think it's just, they're just too middle, kind of middle of the field, kind of placed at the moment to to even bother favouring?
2: That's a that's a tricky question, James. A real tricky question. Do I think they'll favour him? I've, I've always seen, to be honest with you, since this driver pairing came about of, of Carlos and, and Charles, that Charles was the number one, to be honest. I've always rated him as a driver, as Shanna said there, since the Sauber days. So it's hard. It's hard to favour Carlos for being for being consistent but slower I, th- I think that that's the real tricky thing I I don't I don't see how you can do that you know to favor the man who keeps it out of the barriers To be <laughs> honest, with you. But, but, but that's my honest opinion and and you know to, to mirror what you guys have said there I think Charles you know he's been kind of seen as a potential champion for quite a few years now and I and I look at Max as an example of that with his over aggressive driving in the Toro Rosso days you know I he was a bit of a hothead but the potential was clear and he ironed out the mistakes and the you know the wheel banging and the, the side swipes in the braking zones and he's obviously now a fantastic driver charles doesn't seem to have moved on from these pressure mistakes you know he still seems to do it there as, as we've seen numerous times this season so will they favor carlos Sainz? i don't think so because i don't see carlos Sainz as world championship material but if charles is going to be that driver He needs to be it soon because, you know, F1 is always moving. It's ever-changing. There's going to be new talent. And in the next few years, even though Charles Leclerc is a brilliant driver, there will be a young kid on the block who will be talked about to uh, to have that seat and want to replace him. So, no, I don't think they will favour Carlos Sainz. But at the minute, I can't see either of them ever being an F1 world champion.
0: Yeah, and that, that was going to be my hot take, but you've kind of finished it on mm-hmm. that yourself. But yeah, my hot take is I don't think Charles Clerk will ever win a championship. He's a fantastic mm-hmm. driver and he had he came in with so much potential. But the fact that he just makes so many silly little mistakes and he's not consistent, even with a bad car, I understand sometimes the car isn't going to be the most favourable, but he should be consistently you know, outscoring the ability of the car and I don't see him doing that. So I don't think I'll ever see or we will ever see Charles Leclerc as a champion. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry to those Ferrari fans tuning in. I apologise about that kind of hot take. But again, Oscar kind of backed me up with that as well. Let's talk then around about... We may as well talk about Alpine, actually. They're coming to the weekend with some great news. They've got new investors. Somebody's invested... The A consortium have invested... A lot of money. The consortium included Ryan Reynolds, Robert McElhenney, and Michael B. Jordan, of all people, Hollywood A-listers. Now they've come in to kind of rejuvenate Alpine and give them some kind of star power and obviously some budget at the end of the day. Manon and Maya, were you happy to see this sort of investment in the Alpine team?
3: Well, I mean, to bounce back off what Oscar said about the, the Laurent Rossi quote, if, if they've looked at Aston Martin and realised, oh, with a good investment... Yeah. we actually can make changes, then mm-hmm. hopefully they're going to use that money to really push. And I mean, in my head, I'm like, why did it take them seeing another team do it to realize that they could do it? Mm-hmm. But if now they, they have like that sort of like print of what to do, what design to go for, mm-hmm. and they have Ryan Reynolds Marvel movie, Marvel fortune <laughs> to invest in their car, then why not? I mean, hopefully I just, I don't know what Alpine is doing. I can't, I think about them. And I can't place them on how well they're doing this season. Because Esteban and Pierre are doing well in races, but Pierre's qualifying have been weirdly up and down. He's getting a lot of bad luck, a lot of weird performance. So it's really hard to know is it the car, is it the driver? Is it luck? Is it the tracks? Like
4: I'm I'm really confused by Alpine this season. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes you're like, sometimes they're way up there. And you're like, oh okay, well done guys. And then nothing comes with the Wraiths and they all, they completely slide down or, so yeah, I think it'll be cool to see another team getting a lot of investment and hopefully that manifests in good ways quickly.
0: Do you think they've got a good driver line up there? Because I I like, again, I like Gasly. I, I don't mind Arcon. I don't think he kind of sets my world on fire. You know, I I think maybe they need like a star driver and they don't have a star driver. They just have kind of, Yeah, they feel very very just,
4: just just Yeah, they
3: feel really mid, and like the definition of mid because they're Mm. never in the discussion of the four Mm. top teams. And this year, it's not like two top teams; it's like there's four top teams. Mm. Even Ferrari, who are doing flukes on flukes, are still (laughs) like in the top four conversation. Mm. Mm. And then you've got Alpine because then under Alpine, you've got the struggling team. Sorry, McLaren, but so you've got just Alpine alone. (laughs) Like their yeah. own sort of midfield. Like sometimes they're going to go and play with the
4: with the top teams, but they never really considered one. So and I don't I don't think it would be sensible if they if their car suddenly improves for some reason, like Aston's did. I don't know if it would be sensible to like drop one of them. I think mm. it would be interesting to see how they do, whether they can work together, and in a good car. I think that would be really cool for the team if they put in loads of investment.
0: Yeah. I still think they need a star star driver, really. I just don't think they've got a you know a standout number one because they're both pretty mm. average, like you say, mid yeah. mid drivers. And and you need someone that can kind of you need an Alonso, you need you know a, a Lewis Hamilton, you need you, you need that kind of extra bit that they've got that can kind of bring the best out of a car mm. and kind of drag it to the front, even if it's not the the best car that they've got at the time. Yeah, uh, but it's it's great news that they've got investors. We'll see a lot more. I'm sure celebrities in their in their pit box, and you, you know, hopefully they'll do a documentary for more content to watch on Netflix. You know, that's that's all we need, really, isn't it? More more Formula One in our life. Shannon, have you got anything additional to say about Alpine?
1: I kind of just want to echo you guys. Basically, put into words what I think about Alpine because they've been such a surprise. Because I thought coming off the back of last year, was it the year before in my memory, that they would actually be somewhere at the top. Mm. But I find whenever I'm doing my predictions. I don't know where to put Esteban and Gasly. Gasly's kind of been a little bit of a disappointment, but then I sometimes think, okay, wait, no, he's done well sometimes, but it's because he's done really bad in quality that I've thought he's done really bad. So yeah, again, it's like, they're either up there or they're not, they're never normally at the back unless they both crash into each other after a restart, but that happened once. So we're not going to go into it.
4: (laughs) Um, So
1: yeah, they've been quite a confusing team because I thought they would be, better but they haven't done exactly too bad but in terms of the Ryan Reynolds coming on board I just think because of how F1 is money is always great I don't want to see a team have to drop out because they don't have the money like we were worried with Williams for a while I was worried are they still going to be on the grid so money however they get it it's good it means that Alpine do we have a chance of another team being able to fight up the top if that is what it is or it just means that they're going to stay on the grid I'm just happy to know that they're still getting money in and if that means that other sleds might want to join in with other f1 teams all it's going to do is help the funding help the sport help the teams and just means we get f1 for longer so completely good with that
0: yeah well the investment was 171 million pounds i'm just looking at the article now valuing the british-based alpine at around 700 million pounds so it's lots of money that it's valued at, massive evaluation. Again, another evaluation that I saw over the week was Liberty Media saying that F1 itself was valued at 20 billion. So they've increased it so much that they're evaluating it at 20 billion. So I think that's to try and get those Saudi investors ready for their, you know, their signing a big fat check. I don't know if they're going to sell it off yet, but they're certainly trying to big it up for some reason. I mean they might sell it i don't know anyway let's talk about another team on the grid for the race in austria oscar mclaren now they are my favorite team i'm not so, i'm not a not so secret mclaren fan but i've been disappointed this year so far until canada where we had some good results and they looked like the momentum was falling their way the hard work that they were putting putting into the the factory to into that car it looks like they're making their way forward a little bit
2: it does it does yeah james yeah fair play to mclaren i think it, it was a pretty shaky start to the season in bahrain they looked like they were going to be flying at the back of the grid for a little bit which i i think was was certainly concerning gordon mclaren fans out there because uh, you know after uh, the win of course to daniel ricky Ricciar- Ricardo daniel ricardo can't even <laughs> get the name out uh danny rick of course in italy a few years ago and uh, you know the, the promising results lando norris of course developing into a fantastic driver there's a guy who I could see winning a championship possibly down the line and yeah it was looking all good but this season there has been a bit of a step back obviously the car doesn't seem to be in an amazing place and it seems like their development path is is a little bit off at the minute They're, they're kind of going in the wrong direction with it so a promising result certainly in Monaco and Canada I think they showed some form and they can start bringing in some points. But I don't think this is where they, they would want to be just yet. A shout-out, though, to Oscar Piastri, who, out of all the rookies, I see Shannon smiling, as I say, that there for the Australian representation. But, yeah, out of all the rookies, I think Oscar's done really well. I'm not just saying that because he's my namesake, of course. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, he's actually done a really good job. He seems to have adapted really well, and I think he's really showing everyone that, he is definitely F1 material and that he's here for a long time. And it looks like Australia has their next representative. There, there always seems to be one. We've got Mark Webber, Danny Rick, and now Piastri's taken on the mantle. So good for Australian sports and good for McLaren too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mirror your your point about Oscar. Kind of, he's he's reaching levels of norm almost of Lando Norris, uh, and who's been in the, the team for you know f- is it four years now or five years? He's been there for a while anyway, but he seems to be kind of bringing it to the same level or a similar level, and at least kind of being consistent that way for the for the most recent races anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see their progress. I'm looking for more progress, obviously, and I think they are bringing an upgrade package to Silverstone, if I remember rightly, from the articles earlier in the season.
2: Just a question to you, James. As a fan, of course, with it being a little bit shaky now for the team, do you see any chance that Lando Norris may be jumping ship at the end of the season?
0: I, I sh- He signed a very long contract with McLaren. I think it was until 2026. So there is a contract there. I'm sure, as we all know, there will be you know clauses that he can get out for performance from the team, performance from himself as well from the team to to kick him out if he doesn't perform. But I can't see it this year. Ask me again next year for the start of the twenty twenty six season. I think that's when you know when Audi come in, they may kind of prize him out. But I'm not hundred percent sure. I think I think he might stay with McLaren forever. I think he might be like a a career boy at McLaren. But we'll see. If if they're not performing and they don't bring him a car, then of course anyone, everyone will want to leave. But at the moment, there's nowhere else to go, nowhere better to go, and we'll see as and when the regulations change in 2026. Okay, yeah. we, we don't need to talk about every team because there are a few quite anonymous teams this year. I'm talking kind of Alpha Tauri; they've been pretty anonymous. Alpha Romeo has also been very anonymous. Let's talk about Williams because they haven't been completely anonymous. They've been, you know. Yeah, at the back from time to time, but but they've had some standout performances, Alban, for example. Shanna, I'm going to go to you for Williams because you said you're a bit of a Williams fan earlier. What do you reckon about Williams this year? They've done okay in certain races, in certain circumstances?
1: Well, we're ninth in the standings. So (laughs) that is great. No, I think Williams, it's really shown that even though, you know, we've had some bad times, they're improving. And the fact is, I know it doesn't seem like a lot being ninth, but that is such a big improvement to what we've had in the past. Mm. And I see that there have been some really good strategy calls as well. James coming in and just having a whole kind of team turnaround. I think it's doing the right the right things. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to just seeing Williams continue to grow. I don't expect it to be a big spike, but each race I do go in thinking we might be able to salvage a point here or there. Which, if you would ask me two years ago, I'd be like, I'd be happy if we finish with two cars at the end of the race. <laughs> so, I think Williams is going in the right direction. A little bit worried by a Sergeant coming in he hasn't been the best rookie out there but i think we've been spoiled with some really talented rookies in the past so i think it's good we'll see how he goes at the end of the year and see whether we keep him or not but yeah it's it's exciting and knowing that we can you know we're at a point where even though we're we're somewhat improving we're still able to take the risky calls and do the one stop and still try different things and get to points yeah it's just it just it makes the race more fun it's not like we're getting left behind i know in the last race it was a bit of a cork in this in the bottle but it doesn't matter he was at the front that's all that matters right it was so. yeah
0: brilliant defended defensive driving from Albon, and you know fully deserved his driver of the day status as well and let's hope he continues to do that he's a fantastic team leader for that team you know leading yeah. leading the Logan Sergeant he's got a bit of experience now with a few seasons under his belt and he seems a lot more comfortable in this team than he ever did in Red Bull for example so let's Long may he stay there and you know drive that team forward. Does anyone want to speak about Haas, Manon and Meyer? Would you like to speak about Haas? What do you think about Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hülkenberg this weekend?
3: I think those guys are so frustrating because they do well in quali. Like, mm. Nico is consistently good yeah. in quali. And like, like we said, there's a top four teams, which means the places in the top 10 are really expensive because you've got eight drivers that sort of they have to be in Q3, like they're expected to, which means there's only two spots left for everyone else. So for Nico and sometimes Nico and Kevin to place themselves up there is incredible, but they just don't have the pace in the race. And they
4: just disappear. They
3: just Mm. disappear. So quick. And they're good drivers. So it has has to be the car. And it's a bit frustrating. Thank you. It's a bit frustrating (laughs) because like you just, you know, like last week when Alex did, an amazing quality. I mean, his Q2 was fantastic and it's a shame that he, he couldn't do anything in Q3, but he puts himself there and he manages to stay, which is amazing. Yeah. Has, they, they have the opportunity every week and they just, it, it doesn't convert. And it's such a shame. I, I don't know why, I don't know what's wrong with this car, but because it was the same with Kevin last year, he was really good in quality. He had a great start of the season and then mm-hmm. he just fell back. So yeah, I think they would need a Ryan, a Ryan Reynolds investment. Definitely.
4: Mm. The development enhances. Yeah. Not up to scratch. But yeah, it's yeah.
0: it's
3: it's great to see Nico like do what he does. Like it, it brings me joy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he's got loads of experience. It's good to see him back on the on the grid, but they need to do something with that with their race pace for the team because the the development as you say has just dropped off they could they start quite well and they started last year quite well and then they just seem to fall off the face of the earth does either of you want to take kind of Alpha Alpha romeo or Alpha tauri i mean lyuki tsunoda's one one bit of news lyuki tsunoda has beaten max verstappen in an off-road race over over the past weekend
4: he beat him by so much i mean max
3: had a technical issue at the start <laughs> of the race
0: oh here come the excuses <laughs> it's not an
3: excuse. It's just, (laughs) give Yuki his due. Like, he won this race. But I, because I heard that he had won before I watched the video. And when I saw that Max had technical issues, I was a bit disappointed. I was really hoping that Yuki had beaten him the way he beat Daniel in the boats in Melbourne. Mm. But yeah, that was a great video. I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so if you want to watch a race where Yuki wins uh, over Max Verstappen, head over to the Red Bull YouTube channel. But in terms of the race in Austria this weekend, I can't see much more than what they've done—maybe a point if they if they're lucky.
3: Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, Yuki Yuki deserves a point. Like, it's had it's been so close in the past few races, yeah. and every time something happens—a penalty, a P11—I just I just want him to get one. But like I said before points are really really expensive this year because of the level of the top teams
0: mm, absolutely and Alpha romeo bottas and joe guanyu Shannon, I'm,
1: I'm just kind of surprised at how they're not there because they they were never like they were pretty anonymous in the years past but we've had moments where bottas has been up there um yeah. if- it's worrying to see how far back he tends to be like you'll see him towards the start of the weekend sometimes getting up there and you think oh okay but then it's it's back at the bottom five not too long later on yeah, it's, it's not great to see Who's a great driver so it's definitely a bit of a surprise I'll be honest I don't pay too much attention to what's happening with Joe because there's just nothing going on so I wouldn't I, I just don't know they're just not anywhere
0: yeah, you're you're not the only one. And unfortunately, if you were the sponsors of the Alpha Romeo team this year, I think you'd be pretty disappointed with the complete lack of screen time they're getting. But that's because they're just not doing anything in the race.
4: Yeah. Uh...
0: Let's hope that changes, and they 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 could really surprise us this weekend. But I really can't see that happening at all. I think they're waiting. They're kind of biding their time for the the Audi team for the Audi manufacturer to come and take over and kind of pump a lot mm. of money into that team to to bring it up to to scratch. So let's make our predictions for the Austrian sprint weekend. What I want is a poll sitter for the race on Sunday. So who qualifies first on Friday? I then want a sprint winner. Okay. And then I want the race top three and a bold prediction. Does that does that make sense? So I oh. want I want a little bit of information for Saturday because it obviously is it's part of the weekend. So you don't um, want a
3: sprint poll
0: person? If you want if you want to give me a, a sprint poll, give me a sprint poll as well.
3: Yeah, okay. it's, it's different qualities. Ooh,
0: different types um, of qualities, okay. yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I think Max will get Paul for the race. I, okay. think, I think he will get it on Saturday, but I also want to believe that if Max gets to relax at any point, it will be on the Saturday because he doesn't really care about sprint. So I'm going to give it to Lewis. Ooh. Why not? I was going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but then Max is going to win the sprint because, you know, and uh, I think... I think there is like 97% of chance of Max winning the race. But like I said, I want Charles on the podium. Oh no, I put Charles in the sprint podium. Okay, Max, Lewis and Fernando on the podium on Sunday because, you know, we know it's going to happen. Or maybe George and Fernando. <sighs> I suck at this.
0: Okay. Maya, are you any are you any better? <laughs> you
4: completely discounted Chaco from all of that. <laughs> Fake Red Bull fan. So yeah, Max is gonna put on pole on both qualities Let's be real. Okay. And do we want to sprint just a winner?
0: Sprint winner, yeah. We don't need to do a well, top three. It's gonna it. be
4: Max, isn't it? It's just gonna be Max all weekend. Yeah.
0: Max, okay.
4: Max, Max, Max. But I would. I think Lewis is gonna do really well this weekend. So let's. I'm also gonna discount Jacko. Exactly. And Fake Red I'm Bull Max, fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh okay i'm
4: not i'm, I'm not only gonna... joking i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> i <It's> thought just... <laughs> that was actually a red bull but it's a candle <laughs>
0: Sorry. it's only because you said that <laughs> to Maya Mannon when she when she said that so.
4: okay <laughs> i'm gonna go Max, then alonso then hamilton I think that'll but be
0: you, nice. You said Hamilton was going to do really well this weekend. Is is, is so you think really P3 well is still pretty well It's still <laughs> okay. Okay, I thought you were going to go for second for him, but that's fine. Yeah, uh, 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 any easy. bold predictions from you, ladies? Any bold predictions for the weekend? Any crazy? Lance gonna is
4: just going to step up and he's going to be P four. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we're going to say it's top five.
1: Damn.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> fine. You can say that too. It's fine. So We'll go to yeah. Shanna then. Shanna, your predictions.
1: God, normally I get a filter to do this, so I don't have to do it. Okay, both poles. I'm saying max. I'm saying let's go, we'll change it up. We'll do sprint race Checo. I think he's got something to prove. So maybe he can do something. And the main race, Max, P1, P2. Let's put Checo back up there and P3. Oh, Alonso. You've taken the stroll thing. So let's say let's go Albon
0: top five. Oh, that is that's a that's a big bold call. Oscar, how about yourself?
2: So, well, I mean, in, term, in terms of the polls, I can't really disagree, unfortunately. I made a few bold claims recently that Verstappen wouldn't get on pole, and I've been wrong every time, unsurprisingly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Verstappen will be the pole master again for both sprint and the race. In terms of the order, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on this, keep everything crossed on this, and so my bold, pr- my bold prediction is that Max Verstappen's going to crash out of the actual race. I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry <laughs> to the Red Bull fans out there. But I'm I'm more hoping than predicting there, to be honest, just for the excitement of the race. I think Checo pulls it together. I think Checo pulls it together. I'm going to go Checo, Alonso, Hamilton, top three.
0: Nice. Okay. And I guess that means it's my turn, isn't it? So I will say, I'm going to say Sergio Perez will get the poll for the Sunday race. I think Max Verstappen will get the pole for the sprint. I think Max Verstappen will win the sprint. And I think I am going to make a prediction of some kind of malfunction on the Red Bull car, just because I want to mix it up a little bit. So I'm going to say Max Verstappen malfunction. I don't necessarily think he'll lose and he'll be DNF'd. I think he'll probably, you know, there'll be a malfunction or something happens earlier on and then he kind of drives through the the grid and kind of gets it maybe fifth or sixth. So I'm going to say podium though will be Sergio Perez, Lewis Hamilton, and Fernando Alonso. That's my prediction. Okay, let's let's, let's just yeah. touch on a couple of news stories that have dropped this week. this week, obviously in the run-up to the Austrian Grand Prix. We've already spoken about the Alpine investment. What other news has dropped this week that we need to chat about? We had was it oh high tech. Do you see the news about high-tech? They are putting a bid in for to become part of the grid for 2026. Now high tech are obviously the F2 and F3 team they've got an f4 team as well so they've got teams throughout the lower formulas and it looks like they're they're wanting to be welcomed onto the grid for 2026 what are your takes on that and maya is that have you have that, have you seen that
3: I've seen it and I think it's always, you know, interesting and exciting. I I wonder, are we talking about like welcoming additional teams? Would it be to replace a team? Cause I know there's going to be a lot of shakeup around like Soba, Alfa Romeo going, being associated to Haas now. And so. Would it be like sort of merging with another team? Does it mean we're considering twelve teams on the yeah, grid? Yeah. I like... think
0: I think that's basically what it is. It's for, for a new team, brand spanking new, to to become on and make up obviously 26 drivers, I think it is, with the other team that they could potentially take on. 24 drivers, sorry.
4: Uh okay. Yeah. That'll be that'll be fun. I mean, but it might be a bit be wild. I think it would be good.
0: Yeah, and a team like high tech, they've obviously going they've got a good system in place already. They already follow the Formula yeah. One around when they do their F2 and the F3. Are you? Do you watch the F2 and F3, Shanna?
1: I love F2 and F3. I actually enjoy it more than F1 for a while, especially when it was the really boring Lewis years. I was just watching F2 and F3 and I finally got my whole <laughs> family hooked on it too. So yeah, I actually feel like I drove past a high-tech van a couple of days ago. So this is like, oh, it's all catching up. Uh, but no, I think it'd be great. I'd I'm um, always for more teams on the grid, no matter mm. how much F1 doesn't want it themselves. I would very much like, and I think all the fans would be happy to see more on the grid. And I also think it'd be great to have another team that might help the young people come through because they've, they've already got the F4, F3, F2 teams. So there's a chance for another junior academy not having to be strictly tied to an F1 team. You just had to be with you know, the junior team and a, another ladder because it's hard. It's hard to see young people trying to get onto the grid. It's you need to be lucky, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we saw Oscar nearly didn't get a seat. So I think the getting high tech on board is just, you know, it's a good avenue in that case. And I am all for it. I can't wait. I hope it happens if it doesn't. would am be very sad
0: yeah I, I think to be honest with you, it's a, it's a great bid. It's probably stronger than a few of the other bids because of the fact that they've got those you know f two, f three and f four teams kind of floating around and and following the f one circus as it is. So I think it's probably a strong bid, and I think that it's quite likely to be accepted. I think it goes alongside the current the Andretti bid, and I think there's another consortium led bid for a team as well but i'm not 100 sure from memory what that team would be but yeah more more spaces on the grid is is better for more drivers for more young people coming up into into formula one from f2 and f3 so i'd just be happier with, with whoever they bring really as long as they're competitive and the budget cap kind of helps that sort of situation anyway oscar any other news or did you want to talk about that
2: one yourself yeah i mean i mean just to add, add add my two cents on the matter i think it, it's always good to have more teams i think i think it is it's an interesting question really to to see you know what is the, the, the sweet spot shall we say in terms of team and drivers on the grid you know you know is there a sweet spot and I know there was there was a lot more teams and cars in the decades through the nineteen hundreds but of course I wasn't really following it as much as I am now as I, as I am now so but it can only be a good thing in terms of a high tech joining and, and as you say though I think It does mean a lot that they have that motorsport experience and personnel already in place. It's one thing for a car manufacturer to come in and say, We're going to enter F1, which is always a bit of a dream, a bit of a pipe dream for some. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to have that and to have that foundation there, I think that means we can feel more confident that the bids and them as a team are actually going to be successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. I think it's good news anyway to have you know a few people vying for a position on the F1 grid it shows obviously how you know successful it's be it is at the moment how big and g- how much it's growing as a sport and how many people just it, it's obviously just all good news really for for F1 in general to see those people and that more teams wanting to be on the F1 grid i think they've limited it to two and extra two teams so if there are three or four teams there then there will be a couple of unfortunate bids placed for the for the grid but you know we'll see Oh, tire blankets. It's been said, it hasn't been confirmed yet that the teams will reject the prospect of not having tire tire blankets next year. Obviously, they like to have tires warm straight out of the blankets to race with. And the plan was for Pirelli to say no more tire blankets for obviously for eco reasons, for green reasons. But it's said that the teams have, have kind of come out and said no, it's not going to happen. It's it's too early in the infancy of the tires for the ability to 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 go out without tyre blankets so i think that's quite interesting because what they have got is they've got no tyre blankets for the wets at the moment that the teams did agree to that they've recently rejected the no tyre blankets for intermediates because they don't think their tyres react very quickly and get up to get up to temperature quite quick as quickly and they're set to reject the whole idea of, of losing it next year for loads of drivers came out and said no it's going to be really dangerous it's going to be like driving on ice it's it's going to be really difficult to get them up to up to temperature and pirelli were like well no we're we're making additional compounds whatever to 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 get up to speed quicker but the teams have kind of backed up their drivers and they've said no okay well i think we're going to call it a day for the moment on that that attempt to, to change the the rules and regulations we'll stick with the tire blankets for another couple of years does anyone want to react to that or have anything to add to that
4: I'm a big fan of tires, honestly. So yeah, I have no. I just think it's especially with like sprint shootouts, like the idea of not having a tire blanket and like a ten-minute quality is terrifying. Mm. So I think for that sort of thing, it makes a lot of sense. And I guess it's Pirelli's job to make the tires so that they get up to temperature quickly. If they want to, you know, take away the tire blankets, that's what they've got to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think what they've had is they've had plenty of tire tests and. Although temperatures have been reached quite quickly, the teams aren't happy with the speed at which they do reach that temperature. Yeah. So therefore, they they rejecting it until they can do something a bit better. Obviously, as I say, it's it's all in aid of being green and reaching that net zero by twenty thirty that Formula One was was trying to do. There,
4: very they're, ambitious. Yeah,
0: very ambitious task. When you know it's it's flying towards them, and then teams are rejecting these sorts of plans. So yeah, it's it's certainly in the pipeline, but is it going to happen ever? We will see. Shannon. I,
1: I will say it's like, it's not exactly a new thing to not have tyre blankets in motorsport. F2 and F3 don't use tyre blankets. So yeah. they have to learn how to, but if Pirelli can make something down the line, who knows if Pirelli are going to be here that long? I've heard a lot of things about other compound or other manufacturer tyre manufacturers coming in. So we'll see. I mean, we've seen what some of these drivers do when they come out the pits with cold tyres that have been in the tyre blanket anyway. So if it makes it easier and they're able to do it, I don't think tire blankets are going to, aren't the worst thing that global warming have faced compared to some of the other things in F1. So maybe not too big of a deal, but either way, if they can work around it, great. But, you know, if the drivers want it, might as well give it to them.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people were saying, could they not find a sustainable yeah. way to to heat the tires? So maybe solar power or whatever, or, you know, they've got, they've got something additional mm-hmm. to, to actually warm the tires themselves, rather than get rid of the tire blankets entirely, then that would be a better way of doing things. But, you know, I'm sure they'll come to some kind of arrangement as the 2030 net zero promise comes closer and closer.
2: So one thing I was writing about today, actually, which you can read on the Everything F1 website, just to plug my own work, like the self-indulgent person that I am, uh, (laughs) is the F1 aerodynamic testing regulations. They are changing on Friday. Now, what this means for those who don't know, it's all part of the budget cap, which has been introduced in Formula One to essentially level the playing field about how much teams can and can't spend. Now, the concept is that the better you're doing in the Constructors' Championship, so Red Bull in this case, who are first, they will have the biggest limit on their aerodynamic testing from now until December. On the other end of the scale, the worst you're doing, Alpha Towery in this case, they will have 115% available, their aerodynamic testing runs available to them to improve and obviously, you know, reduce the gap to the cars ahead. So I think it's a nice concept. I don't know how well it's going to work. We'll have to see because the caveat is that obviously these teams are now looking ahead to 2024. They're working on those cars and... This will also impact that ability to work on the aero for the 2024 cars. So I think it's a nice thing. And I like the idea of limiting the cost here and also closing the gap. You know, it would be nice to have the top teams, you know, reducing a bit in that aspect. I know aero is just one department of F1 and the building process, but also to have the lower teams have more of an ability to gain the time. So I think it's a good system and, you know, I'm excited to see how it would work. For those who want to know how their team will do, I won't run through all the teams and say, you can read more about it. It's been covered on our website and other F1 outlets. But Aston Martin are actually set to lose the most out of this as the team who are this season, of course, in third, in comparison to last season where they finished, they have 20% less capability to work on the aero department from July To December, so this is going to be quite costly for them. And I, I am hoping from Aston Martin's perspective, because they've done so well, that they're not going to lose out too much in this, because I think that would be quite harsh. To, to see them really lose out in this sense at least, considering they've only really been a successful team for half a season. To be with you. <laughs> On the other side of the coin, for those Scuderia heads out there, Ferrari are going to the biggest game. Of course, they've had a fairly poor start to the season in contrast to last year's constructors' performance. So they will be able to, uh, to work the most out of the big teams. So that may help Charles and uh, Carlos maybe close the gap in the aero departments at least on those tight and twisty t- on those tight and twisty circuits.
0: Yeah, great news article. Yeah. Head over to the onecom to read all of those teams and how they will be affected throughout this throughout the season with these new regulations. Manon, you said like you were gonna add something, Is there an article that you wanted to talk but- about?
3: I just thought we had to mention the silly season aspect of is Dania going to AlphaTauri, is Nick being replaced, is Elmer Marco ever going to stop talking? But I don't know if we want to sort of talk about it because I feel like this conversation has been around every week since the Australian Grand Prix when Dania came back and said, I would love to drive for Red Bull. So I don't know if it's worth, you know, putting ideas around. I just think, I think the, the Red Bull... I think Helmut is being really harsh on Nick and, mm. you know, I'm sort of too really protective of the rookies. Like it, it is a bit early to have those conversations publicly. And I think, he, I think Daniel's team's, you know, talking to the press, making Daniel super relevant. Fair enough. Great strategy. I think Helmut, just like Christian does, mm. you should just like, you know, respect and support your current drivers. Even if behind the scene you're throwing them under the bus, like, you know, this is a cutthroat sport. But just like imagine just thinking about Nick reading those articles, it's a bit yeah. like ugh, he's already struggling. Afatori is doing terribly. Just leave them alone for five minutes.
4: He's been so savage. Like, he, the way he was like, oh, yeah, Christian didn't want Nick, I did. And it turns out like Christian was Christian right. Christian was <laughs> right. <It's> like- <laughs> Oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah that's
3: harsh that's really harsh yeah you've got to
0: feel bad for that for that sort of situation but you know like Mm -hmm. as you said f1 is a cutthroat uh, cutthroat industry and especially red bull themselves and and marco helmet marco and and christian horner those they're all probably the most brutal of all the teams you Mm -hmm. know we've we've seen that historically but yeah i think they should give him another chance They've, they've, they haven't given him a great car to work with. Let's be honest, the Alpha Tari is just terrible, I and mean, it hasn't hasn't really done well all season. So you can't really judge someone off that season. I think they need, need to give him another season to to kind of work up. I mean, this guy is is one Formula E. You know, he's, he's he's won championships on the way to Formula One. So he clearly has got what it takes to 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 drive a car well. So give him another shot. That's what I say.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I've got a soft spot for Nick because I followed him when he was in F2 and when he won that season and the fact that Latifi got the seat and Nick was kind of left stranded and then had to go to Formula E. But then he won in Formula E and then he finally got the seat. So I am a little bit disappointed. I was hoping he would do a little bit better, but at the same time, it's not like, oh, he needs to do better. It's just I was expecting, you know, maybe with everything he's won, he'd come in and do a little bit more. But he's he's going how I think a rookie would go. I don't care if he's 27 or whatever and old for a rookie. He's still an F1 rookie. He hasn't been in that car long enough. And, yeah, it's not a great car. That's another thing. AlphaTauri looked like they were on the up for a bit, not like a couple of years ago, and they're just shot all the way down. So it's he's I think he's doing the best of what he can at the moment. And Sonoda had I was very surprised to see Sonoda pass the first and second year. So if Sonoda was able to get the first couple of years that he got and he's still there, I think Nick definitely deserves to stick around for another season.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I you need to give people two two seasons, I think you can't just judge him off the first. But that's that's my opinion anyway. Does anyone else want to share their opinion on that, Oscar, Manon, Maya?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll come in. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. Uh, you all that I think Nick definitely deserves time, and uh, yeah, the management style as well. It's 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 an interesting one. As I say, you know, it, it, it is an interesting question. You know, does an arm around the shoulder work? In Formula One, you know, I'm sure that some drivers in the past would would respond well to that and you know we're we're all individual in terms of how we respond to criticism and you know, maybe Nick does need an arm around the shoulder and someone to big him up a little bit because yeah I, I personally wouldn't react very well to that as a driver if someone was being saying that to to the press in particular, not even to me privately. But uh, you know what I would say about Nick is, you know, I think Shannon mentioned it there. He's 28 now, and I think that does matter a little bit. I think you know he was brought into Alpha Tauri to to get the job done in the short term. I don't think he was brought in to stick around for years and learn the trade because you know 30s round the corner and there'll be a junior driver who who's who can come into that seat and maybe outperform him very soon so you know I do agree he needs time but I think he'll need to start beating Yuki soon if he is going to keep that seat for next season
0: but then you're talking about Ricciardo replacing him you're bringing in an older driver obviously more experienced and more you know more wins under his belt or whatever
2: I mean, is is Daniel Ricciardo still an elite driver? Do, do we honestly think yes. that? Yes. I, <laughs> yes. Ma, man on the green. Tell me why, man. Tell me why. Why you still think Danny could could do a job in F1? I've read
3: I've read an article about that earlier. I wish I had it because if you compare Danny Rick to like his nine teammates, Danny Rick to like the three teams, the four teams has been, five teams has been in all the engines is dealt with has been an amazing driver for all of them, except one. But ob- honestly, like, obviously it's a sport where you're like, oh, you're as good as your last race. So everyone's sort of like, oh my God, he was terrible at McLaren where he won a race, by the way. And he was terrible at McLaren, so he's lost it. No, we knew from the start and for two years that Dania and the McLaren didn't work. Horrible match. Wasn't the car's fault, wasn't the driver's fault. It just, it didn't match. It doesn't mean that what he did at Red Bull wasn't incredible. And it doesn't mean he won't be incredible again in the Red Bull family. I don't think him in the Alphatari seat would be a long-term thing. Like it it doesn't really make sense to have like an old guy in that seat. But I feel like it's just Red Bull using an excuse to hopefully bring him back to Red Bull without having to kick Paris out and also without taking the risk of putting a guy who's been away for a year into the Red Bull, I think it's really just an excuse. It's the next best thing. But because objectively, Dania and the Alfa it doesn't make sense. It only makes sense if you have a plan with this. So
0: do you think De Vries is on the way out then?
3: Well, I I think based on what Helmut Marco is telling everyone is already out in his head. And I think... They signed Nick because they felt like none of the junior drivers were ready. I think that was, it was sort of a, oh, and he did something great in Monza. Maybe he's like a gem, you know, one of those drivers that missed out on F1 because as Shanna said, wrong place, wrong time, luck, Mm. timing. And they thought, oh, you know what? Maybe Nick should have had a chance. And also he had spent like years with Mercedes as the reserve driver. They thought, oh, he's a better bet, a better gamble than the Rebel Juniors. I think that's why they use Nick. I don't think they were really thinking long term, but that's just me assuming. Obviously, I don't I don't have Elmer on speed dial, sadly. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think he was just there to like warm up the seat until like Liam is ready or because like in F F2 is full of amazing Red Bull juniors. Yeah. So I think whether it's because of Daniel or one of the young guys, Nick is in danger.
0: Danger. Fair <laughs> enough. We will see. Only time will tell on that one. Okay, I think that's enough. shenanigans for tonight this has been the everything f1 podcast thank you very much for tuning in you can find us all on our socials throughout the week on facebook twitter instagram youtube and tiktok at the handle at join ef1 you can also find us on our website www.everythingf1.com where we post articles on a daily basis please also hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service to get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop our next episode will be the austrian grand prix review, which will be on Recorded on Sunday evening, live on Facebook, and of course then released to the podcast streaming services on Monday morning. By all means, make sure you tune into that one. Let's hope it's a fantastic race for the guys to review. I don't think I'm going to be in- included in that one. Never mind. We are also sponsored by the Raceworks.com. Head over to the website www.theraceworks.com where you can find all of your merchandise from teams across the whole grid. And you can get a discount of 10% using the code EF1 at checkout. I've been James Tiller. My team today has been Manon and Maya. Thank you, Manon and Maya. Thank, Thank you. you. It's also been Shanna. Thank you, Shanna.
1: Thank
0: yeah. uh, And Oscar. Thank you, Oscar. James Guy, it's been a pleasure. We'll speak to you soon on the Austrian Review. Bye-bye. Bye.